You're listening to How To 20-Something, the only podcast that helps both men and women navigate their 20s and learn how to adult across all aspects of their lives. We're going to be focusing on career, relationships, finances, fitness, nutrition, and all of the common challenges and obstacles a typical 20-something will face in this post-college life and what to do about it. I'm your host, Just Diamond, and I'm the CEO and founder of Just Diamond Coaching, where I help young professionals get their shit together, gain their confidence, and own their life. No one prepares you for this adulting world, so allow me to help you feel like you are no longer a chicken running around with its head cut off, and that you actually know what the hell is going on and what your next step to take is. Welcome to How To 20-Something. Welcome back to How To 20-Something. Today, I brought on two guests to discuss their relationship and to help give all of you some clarity as to what it means to be in a healthy relationship. You can use this information discussed today to evaluate where you currently stand with your partner or to set parameters around what you're looking for in a future partner. But we're going to be talking about how they show up in their relationship, how to cater to each other's love languages, and tips for keeping your relationships interesting. But before we do any of that, allow me to introduce you to who you'll be listening to today. So, Gabby and Sean have been together for a little over a year now. They first met at a friend's Super Bowl party, then continued to bump into one another, and one night they hit it off at a local line dancing bar, Coyote Joe's, and have been together ever since. They are both very ambitious and driven and support each other in their respective careers. Gabby works as a real estate partnership lead for Google Fiber, while Sean is an account executive at New York Life and a personal trainer with the YMCA. Sean also has started his own personal training company, Electric Factory Fitness. They are very passionate about their relationship and enjoy spending time together doing activities such as traveling, cooking, and the occasional pickup pickleball game. In fact, We are recording this episode right after they returned from a 10-day Europe trip, so I can definitely vouch that they love traveling together. Hi, Gabby and Sean. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having us on. We are so excited. Yeah, this is my first podcast, so hopefully it goes super duper well. (laughs) Yeah, same same here. Thanks for having us, Jess. This is awesome. Of course. Love that you guys wanted to come on here. It makes me happy. And I'm looking forward to hearing how you guys have found success in this tricky world of dating. But first, I want you to explain your definition of what it means to be in a healthy relationship and why you feel confident speaking on this subject matter. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in on this one first. I think when it comes to the definition, it, it's going to change a little bit across people and what they're looking for. But at the end of the day, it's it's someone that you feel comfortable being every version of yourself with on your good days, your bad days, in between when you're your saddest, when you're your happiest, when you're kind of feeling your weirdest and just feeling out there and, and being able to float things by them and feel like you just trust them and, and they're going to show up and be the same no matter what. And there's not going to be any judgment. You can kind of be who you want to be, do what you want to do, and they're going to be right there to back you up. And so I think we've we've cultivated that fairly well. And so that's why I would say, you know, confident, confidence in terms of why we might be qualified. I think that as many days as possible, we do our best to check those boxes and kind of make sure that the other person's comfortable feeling however they're feeling and, and kind of helping them through that. I love that you said something along the lines of that you can be weird and still show up. And I saw 
a video like not too long ago it was like love and relationships is really just two people being weird together like they're two types of weirds that work well together do you guys feel very comfortable expressing your own versions of weirdness in front of one another oh my gosh yes it's it's so silly and funny because I'm sure you know but like I know Sean knows it very well that after work, doing nine to five and being a girl boss, I'm very, you know, straight face, get to the point. And sometimes I get home and we're hanging out on a Wednesday night, you know, about to cook dinner. And I'm still in that girl boss, hardworking mode. And I'm just saying stuff and Sean will like crack a joke or I'm just like, I can't do this. Like, can we, can we just be silly for a second? Or yeah, just laughing it out and kind of reeling it back to what Sean said about, you know, being in a healthy relationship. Everything you said is correct. I really think that, you know, there's no right or wrong real definition. If it feels healthy to you, then it probably is healthy. And I think whenever you are in a relationship, you should always trust your gut. And I always think that people deep down, they know if something is right or wrong for them. So being in tune with yourself, also kind of backpedaling. So I think it's important as well to work on yourself before you get into a relationship. You know, learn your attachment styles, learn your love languages. Also, like date around, date all different types of people. It does serious, not serious. I think in your 20s, now is the time to date so many people and get to know what you like, what you don't like. That way, when you do find someone where you see it going further than a couple of dates and you really want to build you know, a life with them, I think it's just super important because then you can be like, I want X, Y, and Z in my partner, or I don't want X, Y, and Z in my partner. So I went on a very long tangent there, but yeah. No, you're good. I think that's important to add into. And I would even, on top of that, want to ask you guys, without getting too deep and personal, but have each of you been in unhealthy relationships? And is there a stark difference to what you're experiencing now? I personally haven't, at least not that I'm aware of. Um, so I, I can't really comment here but i'm trying to give gabby a second to think about it because the look on her face tells me she might have a story or two for us here <laughs> so and this is what i mean by dating around so in per se like a long long-term relationship i don't think anything above it hasn't been so unhealthy where it was long-term or anything however i have been in like i call them like sticky situations like situationships obviously and yeah, I've some interesting characters. Like I've had one guy. Oh, I don't even know if I should say this. Um, oh, we're getting into the dating story. Well, Sean already knows about this, but I like had one guy, like friends of friends, um, and he sent me an email, and it was rules of engagement because I told him I didn't want a relationship, and I I guess he like blocked me, and. He like asked me for my email before or whatever. And I'm like looking at my email, I'm like, what is this? 
yeah, just weird. I was like, okay. Um, so that's just an example. But like, you know, sometimes crazy stuff happens and you know that you don't want that in your future relationship. So, you know, the art of communication, I think, and diverging off this example, being able to communicate and have an adult conversation is so important. Yeah, if you can't communicate to your partner, then you can't continue a relationship with them or the relationship won't be healthy. It won't be strong. You won't feel good in it. It's like really important. On the complete opposite end of that, how do you guys, like what are some key aspects of your relationship that you prioritize to make sure it stays happy like or it stays healthy? Well, happy too, but happy and healthy. So any examples you have or any like, things that you make sure you do for one another that promotes this overall sense of healthiness? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a number of different ways to to kind of go about that, both in terms of answering and in terms of what you can do. But more than anything, I think, obviously, we're going to sound like broken records today talking about the importance of communication. But more than anything within that is making it clear if something's bothering you or something's making you upset, whether it's from the person or something else, you you cannot think about, oh, how's this person going to react to this information? If it's bothering you and it's just kind of really sticking in your craw, you have to say something. And every time one of us has had something like that and, you know, we're worried about how the person might react, they always take it fully in stride. We have a productive conversation. We figure out, hey, what's what's the next step? How do we work past this? Where was I wrong? Where were you wrong? How can we kind of fix this moving forward? And we end up coming out of it better for it with a better idea of what to do, what not to do. Um, so it's it's being able to f- voice your frustrations and not be worried, oh, is this person going to be upset at me? They might be, but they're going to take it at face value, listen to what you're saying, validate your concerns, and be willing to talk through it. And I think that's a hugely important base layer of any kind for people because otherwise you're going to let something simmer. It's going to simmer and simmer, and finally it's going to boil over. You're going to freak out about something that's super small and irrelevant, and then it's going to be, create a much bigger issue rather than you put aside being a little bit uncomfortable for 10 minutes and 30 minutes later, you're both happy, good to go. Like, all right, we talked through this, we figured it out. It's not perfect, but neither is life. So I think that's sort of a good baseline for anybody to have of just being able to talk about whatever's bothering you. With that, because that's normal check-ins conversations like things are bothering you're like hey this bothers me when it comes to actual disagreements or arguments that are it's the heat of the moment find there's two types of people there's the people that need their space to walk away digest what's happening come back cool calm collective and have that conversation and then there's another the other person that's like we need to figure this out right now I can't go on or do any other part of my life until this gets handled do you guys share like are you guys each part of those like differences or are you both one way like how do you handle your heat of the moment disagreements and arguments okay i will take a stab at this so to answer your question jess personally myself majority of the time when we're in the heat of, you know, an argument or a disagreement, sometimes, and depending on the subject matter as well, I need a little bit of time to myself just so I can, you know, recollect my thoughts. And also, I think catch your breath slash 
get your thoughts in order before you tackle the conversation slash issue because you also want to look at it from your partner's side and you don't want to say something mean just because you're in the heat of the issue because once words are said you can never take them back and I think one thing and I'll give credit where credit is due Sean does a really good job where if something is upsetting me and it's not even something Sean did it could be something completely irrelevant he will look at me and he just says I'm on your team and whenever he says that it just kind of makes me stop in my tracks. I'm like, um, like, yeah, he is on my team. And it's also a nice reminder to tackle the issue, not the person. If you're in a healthy relationship, you're going to want to tackle that issue, figure out resolutions to better, like better yourself or better your partner, you know, X, Y, and Z versus being mean and nasty towards one another and blaming your partner for something that for to them, it might not be that big of a deal, you know? And with that, I would also say, I think there's ways to talk to your partner as well. So it's like, for example, Sean and I, we usually do dinners on Wednesday nights. And let's say Sean is late to dinner and I'm hungry. I am ready to eat whatever. He said he'd be there by seven. All of a sudden it's 7.30 and he hasn't left yet. Instead of me being like, where are you? I said dinner like would be ready by seven. I'm hungry. Instead, just call him up and be like, hey, are you going to be a little bit late? Like, just let me know if I should keep the like food on the stove. Like what's happening here? Because no one likes to feel like they're being attacked either. Take the time to really, you know, sit down with your thoughts. Think about how you want to say something to someone and just be nice. Say nice things. Because everyone loves it when, you know, people are nice. The words thing is a big one. Because it's like the toothpaste metaphor of if you, like, you know, when you're a kid, maybe you did it, maybe you didn't, of uh, your parents would, like, have you look at a tube of toothpaste and then they'd pull all of the toothpaste out and it's like, now put it back in. It's like, well, I can't. It's like, yeah, because once you say something, it's hard to take those words back. It's already out in the air. So knowing who you are and if you are someone, which I'm going to tell you right now is mostly everyone to say things you will regret in the heat of the moment that you need that space. You need that alone time and that alone time doesn't mean go vent to your friends and ask for their advice. That alone time means process what was going on and how you want to attack the issue at hand as a team. Like as you're, it's a partner. Like you are in a partnership with someone. It's kind of like a business deal but it's not it's with love it's with relationships it's you're cultivating a life together for sure and i think too um when it comes to disagreements and honestly i don't think we tend to disagree that often but i i have always for a long time found it's best to to try and keep emotion of everything so if i find myself getting emotional during something i'll try and step back and i'll do the hey we're on the same team to remind myself too because it's like hey you're disagreeing about something, but you're coming at each other's heads when you should full step back and realize this is a super solvable issue. So it's just, it's, it's like, how do you keep track of that? How do you step back? If you have something that's bothering you or making you upset, 
that you think is related to your partner and you want to bring it up, I highly recommend whether it's talking it out loud, journaling it, or talking to someone who knows you and your relationship well to realize why you're actually upset. Because most of the time, it's not directly the person. It might not even be something they're doing. It's just how you feel based on whatever the inputs happen to be. So half the time you realize you don't have to talk to them about anything. You just figured out why you're upset about something. And if you do have to talk to them, now you know why it makes you upset. So when you're talking to them, you're not going to get upset because you realize, okay, this is why. Here's why I feel this way. I know you may not intend it. Realizing too, they're, they're not intending most of the time to bother you. If they are, it's usually something very like irrelevant. It's kind of a joke. You see, you see it coming. They'll say something about it. So stepping back from your emotions is super useful. And if you're going to talk to them about something that's bothering you, figuring out why is it bothering you? Is it bothering you because it makes you feel this way? Is it bothering you because this is going on in your life and so you're not feeling the most secure in this area? What is it? I think that's super important. So a lot of maturity spoken right now between the two of you, which I love to hear. But I do want to say in the grand scheme of things and knowing that there might be some pushback because you guys have not been together for that long. But I do want to add like because you don't live together yet, it can be hard to coordinate schedules. So you mentioned that every Wednesday night you guys have dinner. Can you talk about how you've scheduled that time, how you maintain that, if there's a reschedule, what happens and just the overall coordination of schedules because you both have full-time jobs and you're not living together. So you're not seeing each other as often as a couple that is a little further along. Yeah. So uh, part of that was we started realizing that we were only hanging out on the weekends and then, it, you know, it's never great to feel like, Oh, we're just hanging out to hang out because we don't know what else to do. And coming back to trying to be intentional with your time with your person. So in scheduling the Wednesdays, we, we realized when we first started dating, we would hang out a couple times during the week, and that was always really fun. Now, we didn't necessarily have the same time on our schedules now, as it always seems to be when you first start dating somebody, you're totally fine staying up till 2 a.m. on a weeknight and doing this, and, and it's like... Um, Not me. Yeah. Well, for some people, it just becomes harder and harder to, to kind of to, to manage that and balance it, and you both realize, okay, they do like me, we can... We can, we can go stuff. to bed at a normal time now. Yes. Thank God. We can hang out in the middle of the day. It doesn't have to be later <laughs> at night. And so it was like, how do we kind of get back to that? We used to cook dinner. You know, one of us would cook. The other one would get to kind of hang out. And then afterwards, get to eat. We started thinking, okay, what's the best day of the week that's the most consistent schedule? I only ever have one personal training client on Wednesdays. It's a very easy session. And it's for, from 530 to 630. So it's like, cool. I can get done. And I can either bring stuff with me to, to get changed and go right to her house. Or I live very close to the gym I train at. It's the most consistent. And so we also now know, okay, so Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and even Friday, if we needed to, we can schedule whatever else we need to. It, it sort of keeps that protected block of time. And it's only a couple hours, you know, from seven to 10 or 11, whenever we decide to go to bed on Wednesday, but it's guaranteed time that during the week we get to step back or even talk about what's going on, what's bothering us and just getting to, to hang out with the person that you like the most. So without having to feel obligated, like some weekends, if you just feel like, well, I guess we're hanging out today and you don't know why that's sometimes it's not as fun as it could be. So it's nice knowing, all right, we're going to cook dinner. And we're going to hang out. Done. We know what, what's going on here. It's just about finding that time. It's being intentional and making the effort. Yeah. I also, I think it's just nice to have 
maybe one weekend day and then one week. Um, just because, you know, weekends they get busy, weekdays they get busy. So if we can hang out on a Wednesday and I'm going out of town on the weekend, awesome. Or vice versa. I think it just works for us and I highly recommend it. Also, going out to dinners all the time is super duper expensive. So we kind of wanted to roll back on our expenses and we found that you don't have to go on extravagant dates all the time to have quality time with one another. So that's when we kind of decided to start doing Wednesday night dinners again. And it's been working out really, really well for us. So I highly recommend it for any other couples that they might not live together, but they're trying to find different ways that they can hang out without it being the full weekend or X, Y, and Z. Or breaking the bank. And then you mentioned quality time and you mentioned love languages a little earlier, but what do you guys share the same love languages? What was it like navigating each other's love languages? Your even your attachment styles, and then with that, after you've figured out what each of you need from one another, how do you continue to cater to each other's needs? So I guess for people on the who are listening to the podcast, I think it's super important to know your attachment style. And I actually learned about this in therapy probably about like a year or two ago. My therapist, she recommended this book. It's literally called Attached and it has two magnets on it. Um, listen to it on Audible. I think that's the best way to learn about the different styles. You can do quizzes and everything because there's three. So it's um, secure, anxious, avoidant. I have a slight avoidant slash secure attachment style. And can it's you okay. explain how that shows up for you? Yeah. Um, so for example, if I'm like super duper stressed about something, I build up walls. I don't like to talk to Sean about it. I don't, I kind of bottle it all up and I'm like, it's my own problem. Let me handle it. I'm still in that like girl boss mode or whatever. And for Sean, when we first started dating, he's like, well, why aren't you like, you know, talking to me? It's like, and I think as we've grown as a couple, he realizes I'm kind of like an onion, you know, and Shrek, I'm using a Shrek reference, but um, I have layers to me and you got to, you know, one layer at a time. And I think Sean does a really great job with what do you need from me right now? Because I don't always need a hug. I don't always need to talk about it. Sometimes I just want to hang out and then maybe tomorrow I'll call him and I'm like, Hey, can we talk about how I was feeling yesterday? Like, I'm, I think I'm ready. Sean can talk more about his attachment style, but from what I see, he's more secure. Yeah, so I don't know my specific one because I have not read attached, which I realize I should, especially given how much the, you know the glowing reviews we're getting from Gabby here. But from the start, she made it clear that she tends to be more avoidant on some things, and so being on the like, at least as far as I'm aware, fitting into the more secure definition, I was like, okay. So if you need nothing from me, cool. We'll talk to you when you're ready to talk. And if you need everything or a lot from me, cool. We'll talk about it. We'll figure it out. And so that was still an adjustment because for me, if something's bothering me, I like to talk through it with somebody just because I get, I, it just helps me figure out, okay, why am I coming at it like this? It gives me another perspective. Cool. Done. I don't worry about it anymore. It doesn't work for everybody. And that was probably... It's still something we work on, but it's probably one of the trickier things of, of getting used to was, okay, recognizing the way she handles problems and things that come up are very different than I do. 
And it's like, how do you navigate that? And so it mostly comes down to being like, what do you need from me right now? Do you need talking about, do you need me to stop talking? Do you need me to leave you alone? What, like, what's going to work best for you? And that was an adjustment because for me, Gabby said, you know, a hug doesn't always work. Talking about it doesn't always work. For me, a hug always works and talking about it almost always works. So getting, getting around that is definitely, it's a challenge. It's not a difficult challenge, but it's something that, you know, you have to practice it and be aware of it. Like, okay, what works for you doesn't necessarily work for them. So try and figure out what's going to work for them. And a lot of times you just have to ask. And if they don't feel like telling you, well, they're probably more avoided than you thought they were. And just give them a little time and they'll come back around to it. Exactly. And it's also important to realize any relationship is two very different humans coming from two very different backgrounds and upbringings. And it's going to come with a lot of different roadblocks that you're going to have to navigate one at a time. It's like, instead of getting mad at each other for like, why can't you just speak to me? Like, just talk to me. I'm right here is like knowing, oh, well, she's avoidant. Like, she's going to talk to me when she's ready. And the more that I'm pressuring her, the less she's going to want to talk to me, the more I'm going to actually push her away than resolve anything that's going on in her life that I think I can help make better. You hit the head on the nail with that, Jess. Um, And also, like outside of our relationship and from the book, I know I'm raving about it. I think everyone should go read it. P.S. We'll have Gabby send the link to it so we can attach it in the show notes. But, you know, the third one I uh, attachment style I mentioned is anxious. And I look back on my previous situationships, whatever, and you can also change. So I was in the beginning a little bit anxious and, you know, could have been with an avoidant. And those two never go together. You always have to have at least one, you know, really secure person in the relationship. Two secure people are even better, obviously, because if you have an anxious anxious attachment style with an avoidant, you both are going to be doing something that is making you guys so anxious together and avoidant together that it's just, it's not going to work. And this is what I mean by, you know, going to therapy, realizing these realizing where you can work on yourself. All right. And then, so we've talked about your attachment styles. What about your love languages and navigating that side of your relationship? That's kind of back, honestly, along with the attachment styles has been not so much a challenge, but uh, there's definitely a difference in our love languages. So like I mentioned, a hug always works for me. Doesn't always work for Gabby. Um, so, and th- that kind of goes along with the the physical touch nature of love languages. And it's like, depending on the day, you're all, whoever you are, whether that tends to be your main one or not, you're going to have a different feeling about it. So, you know, and I, I forget some of them, but there's like, there's giving gifts or receiving gifts, acts of service, that sort of thing. And so it's finding the balance of there are some days where one of those things works better than the other for both people. And it's talking to them and figuring out, okay, if you're having a rough day, what's the best thing I can offer you? Is it words of affirmation? Is it quality time where we just don't talk? Is it physical touch? Do you need a hug? Do you need to talk about it? Is it, do you want me to drop off flowers or some sort of gift? Do you need me to do something for you? Like go dinner, do the laundry, whatever it happens to be. Um, so it's just, you got to kind of talk to to your partner and figure out what works for them based on the day. And if you're not sure, again, it comes back to ask them. And if they're not willing to give you an answer, try to figure out why they're not willing to give you an answer. Like, you know, you have to get to the bottom of it at, at some point and, and figure it out. So 
Um, just try to figure out what's going to work for them and know what works for you so that if the time comes, you can say, hey, this would really help me out right now. And they can at least do their best to try and, and, and do that for you. I think the hard part with, which also, first off, I want to like applaud you for knowing all the different types of love languages. I think that's great, especially for a male to be able to list them all off correctly. Kudos. Yay. We love that. But it's, so it's not, it's not only knowing what you need, but it's also understanding that the way you receive love is not going to be the same all the time as like how the other person receives it so let's say Gabby loves gift giving like that's like she loves giving and receiving let's say that's her jam and yours is physical touch if you mentioned like you love your hugs if it Gabby goes to give you a gift but you're the one that's in need of the hug the gift is not going to mean anything to you Sean but Gabby Gabby's gonna feel great giving you the gift but she's not actually adhering to what your needs are in that moment. So knowing you might not feel good, like you might not feel like you're giving all your love to your partner because you're not speaking to your own love language, but know that it is being received as such. And I think that's part of feeling secure in your relationship and secure in yourself of knowing your love language, knowing their love language and showing up in those ways for that person because it's if you're showing up for yourself that's a selfish way of trying to keep the love going and it's not going to make anything better because your partner is not going to receive it in the way that you're meaning to give it no for sure and it's and it's realizing that and talking to them about it and so when they get upset or they're like hey this isn't what i needed explaining why that was your first instinct and being like, hey, that's my, this is why, that's my preferred love language or whatever it might be. This is why I tried that. I didn't mean for it to, to come across, you know, the wrong way. Let me, now I know this will work for you better next time. Yeah. And I think something that we're all getting at here is that relationships take work. I think people think that it's easy. It's should be seamless, but it's not They They require work and effort to maintain what are, some ways that you guys consciously put effort towards making each other happy? Like, is it every time or not every time you go grocery shopping, but like every now and then you see a beautiful bouquet of flowers, you're thinking, I'm going to buy this for Gabby and give it to her. Like just some more, what are some ways you consistently show up for one another in more out of the ordinary type ways, like more special. I was thinking of you. I did X, Y, Z as a result. So uh, kind of like what you were saying. So just my love language is I love gifts and I love giving them. However, I know Sean loves a good hug too. So knowing when to give him a hug is also equally as important. However, whenever I am in the grocery store, this man, he likes the stevia root beers, grabbing one of those or orange flavored body armors, grabbing some of those for him. It's the small things. I think that mean way more than the overly priced gifts. Not saying I don't like those. However, <laughs> it just shows that you actually like it. I think it shows that you actually care about the person and you actually know them. And for example, Sean has never been to New York and he's never had any interest in going to New York, but he knows that I really love the city. I eventually want to move there. And he surprised me with a trip to New York for my birthday. 
he didn't have to do that. He could have done the regular, you know, we'll go to dinner and he gets me a gift that like, I don't know, I could really love it or I could be like, oh, this is so thoughtful. Thank you. But, you know, it had no sentimental value. So I think it's listening to your partner and, you know, what are some things that they like want in their life? Or is there anything that, you know, might make their life easier? I agree. It it shows that you listen to what they're saying. It's not just a noise in the background is like, I care about this person and I'm going to act in a way that shows that I do care about them and that they know that I care about them. Okay, so after the honeymoon phase wears off, because we all know it does, after, after however many months it does, it varies by the person, but couples tend to move into more of a maintenance phase. Maybe your spark tends to dim a little bit and we know that good healthy relationships have consistent intimacy we're not going to go into the details of your sex life but (laughs) how do you keep the spark alive how do you guys continue to keep things interesting continue to get to know each other continue to keep the love alive yeah i think it it comes down to both inside and outside the bedroom, being open to suggestion and trying something. And I think in general, doing new stuff, both for yourself and with your partner is super important because the more new things you do, the more you learn about yourself, the more new things you do with that person, the more you learn about each other. Not to mention, there's a ton of stuff that you can do that's new, that's really fun to do together, that if nothing else, it's fun. Even if you both suck at it or it's, you know, not your favorite thing, but if you're having fun, like, cool. Same. So going along with our talking about the occasional pickup pickleball game, neither one of us is necessarily the best pickleball player, but we always have fun when we play. It's something to do together where we don't have to talk the whole time. You don't have to really go through any of that sort of motions. It's just, hey, let's play this. It's fun. And it's something to do. And 45 minutes from now, we'll be tired. We'll be glad we did it. We spent some time outside. We spent time together. Cool. Um, and in general, it comes back to being open to suggestions and and being open to trying new things, you know, on your own with each other. It's just, yeah, again, it comes back to that inside and outside of the bedroom. Yeah. Well, so you guys don't know, but the listeners do know because we're recording this after the fact. But the episode that comes out before yours is the you inside of your relationship and it talks about that aspect so I love that you're reinforcing it because like I'm single so hopefully everyone just trusts me at this point but I'm glad an outside perspective a different relationship is reinforcing everything that I mentioned in last week's episode I also to add my little tidbit to a question we already kind of know this so sex is super important in a relationship I would probably put it as like up at the top and because when you are in a relationship you want the you want to trust trust them and you know doing that it's you get super vulnerable with one another and also be willing to like try different things and have fun like be spontaneous have fun laugh what whatever you want to do and be open and like don't shoot things down just because it sounds crazy and also like date with one another like flirt be like those jeans make your butt look good or I really like how you styled your hair today or like Sean will be like you're looking sexy today or you know just small comments like that I think keeps the relationship alive because I think 
I mean, obviously we don't have kids, not planning on having kids anytime soon, but I think when you get into that chapter of your life, you kind of start, you know, going through the motions and all of a sudden it's like been two years. You're like, I haven't been on a date with my partner. So, you know, continuously dating one another and having quality time with one another. Yeah. Having a designated date night and that like your Wednesday nights, your designated date night, it doesn't mean it's always has to be cooking at your apartment, but it could mean something for, it could be just mean trying something new, but making that time of like, hey, you and I are going to go do this together. Like spend our time together, not just sitting on the couch in our apartments or in the bedroom. It's just like going out and trying things, getting to know yourself, getting to know how your partner reacts when there's some new uncomfortable situation at hand. It's like, it's part of growing together. It's a large part of it. It's what growth is what keeps that the relationship healthy and what keeps it alive. For sure. And just a quick little extra, no matter how kind of funny it feels to say like certain like compliments or whatever to your partner and no matter how they react or they're like, Oh, stop. Keep saying them anyway. No one's ever upset when you say something nice about them, no matter how they react, just because they can't take a compliment doesn't mean they don't enjoy it. That's something I learned quickly with Gabby. When I say, like she said, oh, you look really sexy today. Normally the look she gives me suggests she doesn't want to hear anything I have to say, but you can tell she still appreciates it. So it's no matter how awkward or funny or weird it feels to either get them or, or, or you know, to, to say it to somebody, just say it anyway. Try it with your friends if you need to. You say something nice to your friend, watch how much they smile the rest of the day. So imagine that with your partner who, you know, they have that next level of connection with you. Yeah, little things go a long way. Speaking of going a long way, what are some plans that you guys have for the future of your relationship? Or if there's any traditions you've created together, I want to hear about it. If you have plans to move in together and like down the line or any new travel plans coming up. I know you guys just got back from big trip, but what's what does the future Gabby and Sean relationship look like? Well, um, we just tackled the holidays, so <laughs> um, I know that can be a little tricky because I know Sean's family lives in Boston, so and my parents are divorced, but they're located here in Charlotte, so it's like, how do I manage three families now? So traveling-wise, that's kind of what we're thinking about. My lease isn't up until February, but Sean did get, I'll let him talk a little bit more about it, but he just closed on a townhome and it's going to be done here around December. Sean, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more. Yeah. So in terms of uh, future like shit for travel, we, we figured out a way to make Thanksgiving work for both our families. Mine's a little trickier. I have a, a number of siblings who get limited time off and all that sort of stuff. We made that work. So next is figuring out Christmas in terms of more fun travel plans. I'm sure we'll come up with something. I kind of want to do a trip to, you know, middle or southern Africa and do a safari at some point in the next couple of years. Maybe do a tour of Southeast Asia, Japan. Some of these places Gabby's been. So I got to try and figure out the ones that she wants to go to that's new. Um, so she can get her 30 countries under 30 under her belt. But in terms of, of the moving in together thing, so my house will be done in, in December. Release will be up in February. But, you know, Gabby spent a lot of time in Charlotte and she wants to try to live somewhere else. I got, I had the opportunity to, I grew up in Boston, I went to school in South Carolina, and then now I live in Charlotte. And I know the benefit of going away from home for a period of time. And Gabby mentioned her love of New York City, There's several other cities that she likes more than Charlotte, simply because she's not from them. And so 
while I think in the future, obviously, that's that's part of the equation, um, you know, at some point, it's not necessarily an immediate concern on moving in just because, you know, it'd be a little harder to move in and then have her move somewhere else versus if we're keeping in our separate spaces when she makes that move, it feels a lot less like, oh, oh, no what's happening it's more like cool we've been preparing for this we've been talking about it for a long time like this would be great super manageable we'll make it work so it's kind of right with that but also who knows we'll kind of see where things are at uh come february with it but we got we got all sorts of irons in the fire always talking about trying to figure out what's next in terms of that in terms of travel you know what do we want to do what's the timeline look like because a trip like the one we just took costs money buying a house like i just did costs money so it's all about kind of managing that and and planning for the future together in a way that's productive and works for both people i love that you brought up the holidays because this will come out before the holidays and you said you haven't really figured out christmas yet but can you explain what you figured out for thanksgiving because i'm sure you're not the only ones that's dealing with three families i mean i'm sure there's some couples out there dealing with four families if both come from divorce so how did you figure out Thanksgiving? So I love Thanksgiving. Um, that is one of my favorite holidays just because my mom is a fabulous cook. So I can attest to that. <laughs> um, Louise makes a really good Thanksgiving spread. But we decided – so we're still going to spend Thanksgiving with my mom. And the following day, we are going to fly up to Boston. And we're going to have Thanksgiving with Sean's family. On Friday? On Friday. So my one of my brothers works on Thanksgiving Day around 2. And to make flights more affordable, we looked at flights on Thanksgiving Day. We wouldn't get in until about 11.30 or 12. And so it was a little tricky. And he'd been trying to push for Thanksgiving on Friday anyway, when my other siblings haven't had the day off, my parents have it off. So it, we realized that would work. The prices for the flights were the same if we flew in on Thanksgiving Day or Friday. And so... It's a little tricky. We'll see how it works next year. We might have to plan something else. But it, it was able to check a lot of boxes for both of us because Thanksgiving's a big deal in both of our houses. Okay, nice. Then I want to say I love your relationship. I think you guys complement one another and support each other's goals and your ambitions, especially with Sean starting his personal training company and all of that. Can you give us some examples as to how you show the support both professionally and personally? I think Sean and I are both very ambitious people and we are always looking for new and better way or new ways to better ourselves, better our careers. There's always that mindset of like be millionaires by, you know, X, Y, and Z age. And I think it's just super important to, you know, Sean might have a crazy idea, but listening in on that idea and not shooting it down and being like, that's silly. Like, why would you think you can do that? Or, you know, vice versa. I really want to move to New York. Some people think it's super duper expensive. They, some people are like, it's too cold, whatever. But, you know, Sean's always been very supportive of it. And I think being one another's cheerleader for whatever they do because at the end of the day you need to have your partners back and you need to support them obviously don't support them if they're doing something actually like crazy and illegal or whatever i think within the support it's um you know fleshing out ideas with them 
So it's supporting them, but not just going, that's great, amazing. It's actually asking questions, be, becoming invested and involved, whether it's just, hey, I'm floating this idea for this crazy thing, you know, that I mentioned to my brothers at first as a joke. And now we're like, well, maybe it could be something. It's it's kind of walking along with them the whole time instead of just going, that's amazing, great, like from the sidelines, trying to be as involved as you can. And, you know, if someone brings an idea to you, you go, okay, like, what's your plan on it? How do you think you're going to do it? And not not in a way that's like you really think you're going to be able to do that, but trying to balance like, hey, I want the best for you. So that's amazing. But also trying to be like, okay, what are some steps you could take to do it? Making them realize it's possible by just kind of being like, hey, so how would you start this? And making them think about it and going, oh, I guess I could do just this. And so I think that kind of goes along with it. I'm not sure if that's what you were trying to get at with it, but um, it's it's making it real to them by being invested outside of just going, that's great, amazing, and that's helpful, depending on the thing. Sometimes that's all you really need. But if you know they're coming to you with something like, hey, I'm thinking about trying this for this reason, and here's where I think it would lead to, going, okay, why do you think it would lead that way? Why do you think you want to do it? And again, not being like, why would you want to do that? Why are you thinking that? It's more like, okay, cool. How are you going to get there? What's what's your plan? And and kind of fleshing it out in a positive way, I think, is definitely a useful thing as well. I could not agree more. I mean, part of the reason why my last relationship ended was because he could not be supportive of me leaving my corporate job for my passion, like this business. And it's like, I can't have that in my life. Like, you're not – He, I knew he wanted to be supportive, but his questions were diminishing. Be like – why would you leave your corporate job? It was like, what do you mean, why would I leave it? Like, it's because the corporate job is soul-sucking and this is my passion. And it was instead of asking those positive questions of, how are you going to make this work? How can I best support you in this new adventure? Like, have you thought about X, Y, and Z? And getting more behind me rather than proving to be a barrier to my goals. I think that's like a really big difference that I see between the two of you versus unhealthy relationships I've experienced. (laughs) But what would, last question I have for you is what advice would you like to give other couples who are striving to create a healthy relationship or other single people who are wanting to make sure the relationship they're about to enter into is healthy, anything, just any words to the wise? Hmm, that's a good one. It definitely comes back to, I think more importantly, if you're, you know, a single person and you're debating, hey, is this going to be a good person that I enjoy being around? How do you feel when you hang out with them? Do you feel like you're forcing yourself into the conversation or like, does it feel forced at all? Or do you feel very comfortable? Do you find that you feel happy when you're with them? Do you find you feel happy after you've been with them? Or do you find this kind of, eh, it's okay. Like, again, it goes back to what Gabby said about trusting your gut. Like you kind of know when you meet people, if you're going to get along with them and you can realize pretty quickly, am I just hanging out with them? Cause I'm, you know, I'm bored, I'm lonely, I'm whatever it might be, or am I actually enjoying their company? I would also say too, in terms of, if you're not sure some of the specific attributes, cause you know, no one's perfect. You're not perfect. They're not perfect. Um, find somebody that you can go on, you know, Go to a different country you've never been to with and just hang out in a coffee shop for hours and talk and never get tired of it and just be able to hang out with them no matter where you are. I think that's a huge piece because a lot of life is hanging out wherever you are as you're 
in between doing things that are more exciting or, or whatever they might be, whether it's be, you know with or before children, there's a lot of time where you're just you're just kind of existing and you know doing something or, or going somewhere, and so it's like to be able to hang out with them is pretty important. And then also overall understand yourself and the way your thoughts kind of you know where they come from, how you run, and trying to you know figure out what what emotions you feel and why. Just being aware of your own self is going to be pretty important in life in general, but also in finding someone and being able to maintain a healthy relationship. If you don't understand why you're getting upset, you're just going to end up lashing out at that person all the time, and then they're not going to be able to figure out why you're lashing out, and then everyone ends up in a worse position. Yeah, I guess like three tips. So. Work on yourself, date around, and when you know, you know. I know that sounds so cliche. However, you are going to meet someone and it's going to make sense. It's going, you guys are going to click. You're going to hang out with your friends. Your friends are really going to like them. If your friends don't like them, red flag number one. And, you know, Obviously, Sean and I are lucky and like we did get to do this awesome, amazing trip. But like if you do get the opportunity, I think traveling in itself with your partner is huge because you are in a new country. You are most of the time your body is like all it's off balance. You're stressed, you're tired, you're hungry, you're cranky um, and you learn so much about your partner. So I highly recommend doing that. And yeah, and don't rush it too. I think you find another cliche. I think you find your person when you're at least expecting it. Like at Coyote Joe's. Yeah, like I, and it's funny because like I don't even really like that bar, but hey, what do you know? So I think this, I think this part of what helped. Both of us didn't want to <laughs> dance, so we just talked to each other the whole night <laughs> instead. <laughs> but yeah, so yep, that's those are the tidbits I got for you. I think those are great from both of you. Well, it was so nice getting to see the inside of your relationship as I only really know what I see personally and I can vouch I'm one of the friends that is a fan of Sean, so go Sean. But having you break down this wonderful set of standards and what it means to show up for one another is just really helpful to anyone listening, to the people that are single, to the people trying to date like myself and then those who are already in relationships. So Thank you guys for coming on here and talking about various aspects of your very healthy relationship. Awesome. Thank you for having us, Jess. This was awesome. Yes. Thank you, Jess. Yeah. And to those of you listening, if you want to personally ask Gabby and Sean anything about their relationship, you can head to the show notes and message them via Instagram. We're also going to get the link of the book that Gabby recommended. That'll be in the show notes. And If you also want to be a guest on the show, please fill out the Be A Guest form as I would love to have you on here. Otherwise, this concludes another episode of How To 20 Something. As always, thank you for listening. Please share it with a friend or on social media. Share it with someone who might need a wake-up call in their relationship. And I will be in your headphones again next week with another brand new episode. 